RadioInfluence.com. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. Hey, welcome to Beyond the Badge. I'm your host, Vincent Hill. Of course, today is Wednesday. I apologize for not coming to you yesterday, but I was up in New York. I had some things to do. A quick programming note. I anchored Law and Crime yesterday. Yesterday, a trial of three police officers, well, two ex-police officers, one current police officer, in Chicago started. It's a bench trial, actually, where there's no jury. The judge actually hears the evidence and renders her verdict in this. But these are three uh, Chicago police officers, well, two former, one current police officer, who are charged by prosecutors in covering up the murder of 17-year-old Laquan McDonald. And we've talked about this case on this show. Uh, We covered that trial of Jason Van Dyke, uh, the officer that shot Laquan 16 times on the Law and Crime Network. Um, He was found guilty a couple of weeks ago in second-degree murder, 16 counts of ag assault, one per bullet. Uh, So now these three gentlemen are on trial for conspiracy. Prosecutors claim that these officers falsified police reports uh, to cover up um, what actually happened that night. Uh, they say that uh, the police wrote down that Laquan battered and assaulted uh, Officer Van Dyke just before the shooting. Uh, you have seen the video. You be the judge of that for yourself uh, to determine what you think about it. But uh, uh I'm curious to see how this this will go. Of course, it doesn't uh, carry half of the 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 uh, severity of the penalty that Jason Van Dyke is facing. Of course, he was convicted of second degree murder and 16 counts of ag assault. He hasn't been sentenced yet, but that's coming in the next couple of weeks. But of course, a corruption case could end your career for sure if you were in a official capacity and you did, in fact, uh, cover up or falsify reports. So curious to see how that trial goes there in Chicago. There's always something going on in Chicago. Absolutely. Uh, I hope everyone had a a good Thanksgiving. Uh, I know I did. I hope no one was silly enough to drink and drive. I know I drank quite a bit, but I did not drive. And I hope everybody followed suit and uh, decided not to do that. Now, speaking of Thanksgiving, I'll jump right into it. You've probably heard by now that uh, on Thanksgiving night up in Alabama, down in Alabama, over in Alabama, whatever part of the world you're in, uh, a 21-year-old black kid was shot. Well, he's not a kid, 21 years old. 21-year-old black male was shot by police. And, of course, uh, you know, it's already making the rounds on CNN, MSNBC. The family has hired Benjamin Crump, who I want to talk about here uh, as we go along and play one of his sound bites uh, from MSNBC. Uh, but the guy's name, E.J. Bradford, 21 years old, uh, you know, it's the same narrative that we hear. He was a good kid, not doing anything. He loved everybody. He helped everybody. Um CNN, MSNBC is painting him as a veteran. Uh, I will say, listen, I did eight and a half years in the Army. Uh, I respect all veterans. I appreciate all veterans. Uh, But I will say this, that the Army has come out and said 
he actually did not complete basic training. He was honorably discharged uh, before completing basic training. So in my mind, you have to do at least two years to be considered a veteran. So I would not call this individual a veteran, but that's neither here nor there. Let's get to the gist of the shooting. So Thanksgiving night, uh, a shooting erupts in a mall. So, of course, when there's a shooting, police respond. Uh, but this was a little bit different. There were two uniformed police officers already there in the mall working an extra job as police do to make extra money because police aren't the highest paid people in the world. They were working this extra job. They hear these shots going out. They rush towards where the shots were coming out. They come around the corner and they shoot E.J. Bradford. Now, you're probably asking, well, why'd they shoot him? Well, you know, contrary to popular belief, contrary to what Benjamin Crump said, police just don't shoot you because you're black. There has to be a reason to use deadly force, and being black is not that reason. So what happened, police come around the corner seconds after hearing shots fired, and they see EJ, guess what, with a gun in his hand. So as police do, they're trained to eliminate the threat. People are running. Two people are shot. People are screaming. They're trained to eliminate the threat. They fire and they kill E.J. Bradford. Now, as that's going on, of course, police are reporting an active shooter. And I want to talk active versus mass here in a second. They're reporting an active shooter. So once E.J. Bradford is shot, police put out the all clear. Hey, the shooter's in custody. So apparently it came out a day or two later that E.J. Bradford was not the shooter that started this shooting and that the shooter was still on the loose. So now people are pointing the finger at the police to say they shot the wrong guy who just happened to be a black man holding a gun. Um who was there to help people, assumingly, because Benjamin Crump said our highest leader, he doesn't refer to him as the president, our highest leader in the country says that good guys should be armed to take out bad guys, which is true. I agree with it wholeheartedly. But let's break this down and let's look at it from a few different ways. Okay. So, again, this is not a mass shooting, i.e., some weirdo just comes in off the street like we've seen in nightclubs, malls, movie theaters, restaurants. Some weirdo just comes in off the street and randomly starts shooting people. This was a verbal altercation at an urban mall, which went to a physical altercation, which went to everybody pulling out everybody pulling out guns. You got guns, I got guns. What up, homie? What you want to do? So that part of that is a little different. And let's just say, for argument's sake, that E.J. Bradford was indeed, oh, by the way, uh, his parents say he had a, uh, or someone has said, I don't know if it was his parents, that he had a concealed carry permit. So let's just say he is actually trying to prevent people from being shot and he pulled out his, his gun. Now, all right, great. Here's the thing. Police here... Boom, 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 boom. Then they hear, ah, oh shit, oh shit, they're shooting. Police are a few feet away. Boom, they run to where the shots are coming from, which police are trained to do, eliminate the threat. 
they see E.J. Bradford there with a gun. Ask yourself this. When, in those few seconds, do they have time to say, after just hearing shots and seeing people running and two people shot, when do they have time to say, hey, sir, what's your name? Oh, you went to basic training? Oh, that's cool. Um, Oh, you got a concealed carry permit? Oh, that's cool. Um, Oh, and you're black? Oh, that's cool. We won't shoot you. Um, Because clearly, you're not the shooter. It doesn't work that way. Keep in mind this, right? It happened just like that. They heard shots. They ran the shots. This wasn't a case where there were no police at the mall. They get a call. They get a description of an individual, what he's wearing, you know, where he was last seen, uh, what type of gun it is, things of that nature. It didn't happen that way. Um, so they, they, they didn't have time to say, oh, well, he's not the shooter simply because he's just holding a gun. When you hear shots and you see someone with a gun just seconds later, you assume that that is the shooter. All right. So what were police supposed to do? Now, let's just say again, if this was an active shooter situation and police did not react once they saw EJ uh, there with a gun. And let's say that EJ was indeed the active shooter who was just going around shooting people. But police said, oh, shoot, it's a black man. He's probably been in the military. Uh, We're not going to shoot him. Well, who do you think all the victims, family members would have come after? It wouldn't have been E.J. Bradford. It would have been the police department for not reacting. That's how it goes. That's what they would have done. They would have gone after the police department because they would have failed in their duties to protect and serve the public. So that's one scenario that there was an active shooter and uh, E.J. Bradford was trying to react to eliminate the threat. Again, not a mass shooting. There's a difference. This was a verbal fight, which turned into a physical fight, which turned out the people bringing out guns, which we've seen uh, a lot of times in urban malls and malls across this country, not necessarily urban malls, but we've seen it. So let's just say that let's fit, flip the script because again Benjamin Crump and everyone's going on TV and saying how great of a kid he was and his mom's holding the uh, BDU picture the army uniform picture that they always take when you go to basic training to paint her kid as this great kid and I don't know the kid maybe he was great but how many times have we heard oh the kid was great he never did anything to anybody Michael Brown never did anything to anybody until you saw the video of him robbing a store 10 minutes before he was killed. Alton Sterling never did anything to anybody until you saw him resisting police after they got a call about a guy with a gun. And guess what Alton Sterling had on him? A gun. And guess what his criminal history showed in the past? Resisting arrest, armed, selling drugs, raping little girls. So, yeah, it's easy for someone, an attorney or family member to go on the air especially to CNN or MSNBC, where they love to hear these narratives and say, he was just a good kid. Okay, so let me play devil's advocate. Let's just say that there's this verbal altercation. Of course, you're here with your crew. I'm here with my crew. You're wearing blue. I'm wearing red. I'm not saying it's gang related. I'm just using analogies. 
You start punching my guys, I start punching your guys. You pull out a gun, I got a gun. What's up, homie? So how do we know, again, because we heard he's a good guy, but how do we know that when whoever the gunman they're still looking for pulled out his gun and started shooting people, he shot two people, how do we know this just wasn't retaliation from E.J. Bradford which is what we typically see in these situations where fights escalate to gunshots. It's not, oh, I'm protecting the public. It's, oh, shoot, you shot my homie, I'm shooting you. That's what we typically see. So how do we know that did not happen? Win, lose, or draw, whether he was helping to eliminate a threat or whether he was retaliating in this gunfight, it's simply... And clearly not because he was a black man. But listen to what Benjamin Crump had to say. Very clear. The video will show us completely what happened. Uh And as his mother and father have said, the police don't need to say no more. Just show the video because they've already lied on him. Not only did the Hoover officer who was working off duty providing private security for Galleria Mall pull the trigger unjustifiably the Hoover Police Department also pulled the trigger unjustifiably when they released a statement saying that their son was the shooter and they plastered his picture all over the worldwide media assassinating his character after they had assassinated his person and so what the family believes happened based on several witness statements uh-huh. uh The police came, they saw a young black man with a gun, they shot and asked questions later. They issued no verbal commands, no warnings, anything like that. The witnesses said they shot him in milliseconds. Well, that is what happened. Police came, they saw a young black man with a gun, and they shot without warning in milliseconds. He wasn't shot because he was a young black man. He was shot because he was holding a gun and he happened to be black. Let me say it again so it sinks in. He wasn't shot because he was a young black man. He was shot because he was holding a gun seconds after shots were fired and seconds after two people were shot. And he just happened to be black. That's all it was. The witnesses say exactly what this case is about. They came around the corner. They didn't give a warning. They shot. Benjamin Crump should know that every scenario is not the same. Officers are not required, contrary to what people believe, they're not required to negotiate someone dropping a gun, especially, especially if it's seconds after shots run out. They're not required to come around and say, sir, would you please drop the gun? We don't want to shoot you. Please drop the gun. Don't do it. Don't do it. That is not a requirement. The job of a police officer is to eliminate the threat. You don't have to warn the threat. It's great that you do it. Sometimes it's allowed. Other times it's not allowed. Sometimes you have that opportunity. Other times you don't have that opportunity. And then you heard Benjamin Crump say he shot him unjustifiably. 
Based on what? Based on the fact that he wasn't the shooter that they're still looking for? Based on what? What was so unjustifiable? So he's like, well, release the body cam because it'll show exactly what happened. Yes, it will show exactly what happened. It's not going to show anything that we don't already know. He was holding a gun. Police had responded within seconds to shots fired. There's people running. There's pandemonium. There's people shot, an 18-year-old and a 12-year-old, and they reacted in accordance with the law when dealing with an active shooter. That's it. So, yes, the body cam, Benjamin Crump, will show exactly what happened, but it's not going to show some racial motivation. Let's keep in mind these two officers who happen to be white were in the mall not looking for black people with guns. They were in the mall working an extra job to make extra money for their family. So they didn't wake up that day and say, you know what, I'm going to go to the mall, this Galleria, and I'm going to find a black man who's about 21 years old, who's about 6'2", who looks like he may have been in the military, who looks like he may have a concealed carry permit, and I'm just going to shoot him unjustifiably. They didn't go there that day looking to do this. The situation caused them to act that way. Now, I read an article where someone said, oh, a black man with a legal gun killed by white cops, of course. And the cops are blaming him for what he did. Now, the cops aren't blaming him. They're saying his actions with him having that gun caused the officer to believe that this was the shooter, which is true because it was right after shots were fired. It would be different if the cops weren't there. They get a call. They get a description. Boom. They look for that person. But that's not how it worked. So it's not as cut and dry as Benjamin Crump would have you believe, but more importantly than just the body cam, here's what I would like to see. I would even like to see the surveillance cameras around the mall, because again, the only people saying he was a good kid are Benjamin Crump and his attorney, or I'm sorry, Benjamin Crump and his parents. Now again, I'm not suggesting he's not a good kid. I don't know, but They're the only ones saying he didn't have a role in this. Just because he was not the person who started the shooting doesn't mean in that exact moment when police came around the corner and saw him with that gun that he wasn't going after that shooter. Not as I got to protect the public, but I was caught up in this argument, which turned physical, and now I'm retaliating as well. You pulled out your gun. I pulled out my gun. Everybody's got guns. We just start shooting, and innocent people get hit. It's not that simple, a black man with a gun, and he's now dead. Because I've used this analogy before. I use it again. The one thing... I never really ever, ever, ever did when I was working plain clothes, CSU, narcotics, was go around pulling out my gun, acting in a uh, an official capacity unless I had something that identified me as police. You know, the reason I would do that is because, A, if I pull my gun on someone and they don't know I'm the police, 
hell, they may shoot me. And B, <laughs> if police show up and it's not an officer I work with, hell, they might shoot me. Or C, someone may call 911 and say, hey, there's a six foot one black man wearing such and such, and he's standing here on Gallatin Road. He's got a gun pointed at someone, and then police show up and they shoot me. <laughs> because again, they're not going to ask, hey, what's your name? They're not going to ask, hey, were you in the army? Hey, you got a concealed carry permit? Hey, uh, are you the good guy or the bad guy? It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It happens within seconds. So, all right, Benjamin Crump wants the body cam. Hell, I want the body cam, but I'm trying to figure out what the motive is here because based on everything we've heard, what I've read, and based on what Benjamin Crump, you heard him yourself, say, witnesses say police responded and saw a black man with a gun and they pulled the trigger. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Right after those two officers who happened to be white, just like EJ happened to be black, not that he was shot because he's black, just like those two officers working at the mall didn't say, I only want to work at the mall because I, I'm white. No, they're just working an extra job. Hell, I can't say if it was two black officers working at that mall that it wouldn't have gone down any other way. Now, I'll say this, and for those of you that this is your first time listening to Beyond the Batch, I am a black man. I am a former police officer. I can't say that I wouldn't have acted any differently than those police officers there in those few seconds. Not because I got a problem with black men. No, it's because I had just heard shots fired. I come around the corner and I see this guy with a gun. And let me tell you something, contrary to popular belief, when you're dealing with these situations, you don't see color, you see danger. Let me say it again. When you're dealing with these situations, you don't see color, you see danger. Because you're not worried about, oh, well, it's a black guy, he's definitely not going to shoot me. And you're definitely not worried about, well, it's a black guy, he's got a gun, he could shoot me, but I'm not going to shoot him because I could end up dead. You see danger. Anytime I had to pull my gun on a black suspect, I did not in my head say, all right, I got my gun pointed at a black guy. What I did say was, I have my gun pointed at someone who I perceive in that moment to be a threat for whatever reason. It wasn't, man, he looks like me. Or, if I had a son, he could look like him. It was none of that crap. It was, I was responding to something, or I got in a situation where I had to use, at that moment, uh, almost deadly force, where I had to pull my gun on someone, right? Or even when I had to lay hands on someone. I wasn't just going out punching random black guys because they're black, and again, I got a problem with black people. No. How many times have I said a suspect's actions 
determine the officer's reaction. I'll say it again. A suspect's actions determine the officer's reaction. So we can say E.J. Bradford was a great kid. We can say that he was actually the good guy trying to protect the public. We can say all of that. But what you cannot negate is the fact that seconds after two trained police officers whose job it is to protect and serve. Now, let's 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 be clear here. Yes, they were working an extra job, but their job is not to protect them all. Their job is to protect and serve. Even in an off-duty capacity, if an officer who is in uniform sees a crime, especially an active shooter, their job, their number one priority, even off-duty, is to protect and serve the public. That's it. It's not to sit there and say, well, I got to wait for backup and all of this stuff and I got a call and 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 say we need eight units and all of this stuff. Their number one priority in that moment of an active shooter, because that's what it was. There were gunshots going off. People were running. That is, i.e., the definition of an active shooter. Their job is to respond to it and eliminate the threat. Respond to it and eliminate the threat. E.J. Bradford was not killed because he was a black man. E.J. Bradford was killed based on his actions in those moments leading up to the police officer shooting him. A lot of people will be mad at that statement, but it's the truth. E.J. Bradford just happened to be black but he was holding a gun seconds after police heard shots and two people were shot. Two people were injured. He was not, I cannot stress this enough, he was not shot because he just happened to be, because he was a black man. He was shot because he was holding a gun and at the end of it, he happened to be a black guy. And I'm going to tell you, contrary to popular belief, because I've so seen these stories and read these stories, and if it was a white guy, they would have let him go. But what MSNBC and CNN won't tell you is, year over year, more white people are actually shot and killed by police. And while everybody is talking about E.J. Bradford, I assure you, there have been some white people shot and probably killed by police, but you haven't heard it because it doesn't fit the narrative. So if I had to give my personal opinion on this, I don't see the officers facing any charges. It will probably likely go to a grand jury because, again, Benjamin Crump's involved and you know, he he says he wants justice. I personally think just like he got a few other families, millions and millions of dollars that he's in it for the money because he said himself they saw a black man with a gun. And that's what it comes down to. He had a gun right after the shooting. So I really think Benjamin Crump's motives are his pockets not necessarily justice for E.J. Bradford because, yeah, it's tragic, but 
it was something that was preventable had EJ not pulled his gun out right after the shooting if he wasn't involved in a retaliation or something like that or for argument's sake if he was trying to protect the public you never know who's got guns you never know where police are certain things you just don't do I got a concealed carriage permit I never leave my house without my pistol unless I'm traveling on an airplane and I don't think in that situation I would have pulled out my gun because again nobody knows me the police don't know me when they show up they're not going to say ah shoot that's Vincent Hill we've seen him on Fox News before no they're going to see a guy with a gun who happens to be black all right, I'm out of time. I want to do my 10-7 segment really quick. Uh, I want to honor Trooper Kevin Keith Connor, North Carolina Highway Patrol, end of watch, October 17, 2018. Kevin uh, Cooner was shot and killed while conducting a traffic stop for a speeding vehicle on US 701 near Settlers Town Road in Columbus County at 12.15 a.m. The subject opened fire as he was approaching the subject's vehicle, fatally wounding him. The man fled but was located near Fair Bluff. He led officers on a pursuit until his vehicle became disabled on railroad tracks in the town. He then fled on foot but was located and taken into custody around 4 a.m. A good Samaritan happened upon the trooper less than five minutes after he was shot and called 911. He was rushed to a nearby hospital where he was pronounced dead. Trooper Connor had served with the North Carolina Highway Patrol for 11 years and had previously served with the North Carolina Marine Patrol. He is survived by his wife and two children. In 2011, he saved the driver's life when he extinguished a fire in the man's car after being involved in an accident. I want to thank him for his service. Godspeed to him. My prayers to his family. Thank you for your 11 years of service, sir. Thank you for listening. As always, I appreciate you. I will see you next week. Regular day, Tuesday, 8 p.m. right here, RadioInfluence.com. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. I'm Jerry P. Tuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.